They're in the gates. They're about to move in. They roll sack. And they're off. As they move to the top of the stretch. It's a hip-hopping finish. It's practically become cliche to refer to 2020 as a year unlike any we've ever seen. We want to turn the page with the hope that next year will be better. But before we wipe the slate completely clean, let's not forget that racing persevered during the pandemic, operating as self-contained ecosystems. Some racetracks never closed and others soon were up and running, well before any of the betters even missed them. And so, somewhat amazingly, we have a top 10 race list. How many of these gems do you recall? No matter what the circumstances are, great competition will never cease to charm, excite, and enthrall. The Matriarch starts out our countdown list at number 10, at the site of next year's Breeders' Cup, Del Mar. A big stakes run on turf, you know which trainer was front and center, Chad Brown's two horses were a gambler's north star. As they make their way to the top of the stretch, Juliet Foxtrot turns for home in front. Blowout confronts her once again on the outside. Sharing his third, Tamahir continues to close on the far outside. Maxim Rates running a big one, and there too is Villadera in the mix. Villadera is closing in. Here comes Villadera after blowout. Blowout Villadera. It's going to be desperately close. Blowout and Villadera, the stablemates on the wire together of the matriarch. Number six, Villadera was first. Number four, Blowout was second. Villadera had built up to that race with an ungraded win at the Spa and a grade three win at Belmont Park for fun. After the matriarch, Joel Rosario, a potential Eclipse Award winner, breathlessly said, whew, I had to work for that one. The week before the shutdown hit, when we thought the Kentucky Oaks would still be run on the first Friday of May, a major prep came at Aqueduct in the 41st Busher Stakes, with 50 points to the winner given away. At number 9, the Busher seemed to be all Lake Avenue, who led comfortably for the first half of the race, but the filly that finished second in the previous prep shook off her 17-to-1 odds and took up the chase. On the outside is Kansas Kiss, who now makes her move. Kansas Kiss is right alongside of Lake Avenue. Kansas Kiss pokes ahead in front, and then it's Water White. And Kansas Kiss has opened up now. Kansas Kiss in front by four lengths. Water White is moving into second. It's Kansas Kiss, but here's a new challenger on the outside, and Water White. Kansas Kiss drifting out a bit. Water White on the outside. It is a head bob in the busher. Entering the winner's circle is number six, Water White. Water White would run just one more time in 2020, a third in the Acorn Stakes won by Gamine. She did not make it to the Kentucky Oaks run in September. Will she race at four? Her future remains to be seen. The COVID shutdown forced the Keeneland Spring Meet to be run in July, a five-day event with a Royal Ascot feel. One race, the Appalachian, is number eight. Now, we like Kurt Becker, but this call belies the race's exciting appeal. Here's Alms to draw alongside of Evil End. They're on even terms. Walk in Marrakesh tries to join them from third. Has to look toward the far outside, a length off the front pair, top of the stretch. Alms, Evil End to the inside. Walk in Marrakesh, far outside. Anola Gay fourth. Passion Factor fifth. Maria Foot sixth. 
And Evil Lynn fights on with Walk and Marrakesh and Alms there between that pair. These three in the final furlong. Walk and Marrakesh ahead in front. Alms now second. Evil Lynn backs up to third. Enola Gay runs late from fourth. Walk and Marrakesh. Alms and Enola Gay comes late down to the line. Head bobbing photo for the win. Enola Gay. Enola Gay dropped a bomb on the field, winning in stakes record time in her first start since the previous November. Shug McGahey ran her twice more, though she failed to hit the board, but that day in July was surely one to remember. Three years ago, Bill Mott was on the short end of a tough beat at Saratoga in the Coaching Club American Oaks, when his filly elate was crowded out on the rail by Abel Tasman, Bob Baffert's filly, a memory that evokes the Coaching Club American Oaks this year, when Mott and Baffert again were involved in a spirited finish. The CCA Oaks is number seven on our countdown list, but this time it was Baffert who was diminished. Crystal Ball, Paris Lights, and now they're on even terms. Paris Lights up on the outside of Crystal Ball. Nothing between them. They've got a length and a half on Antoinette in third. Then Tonalist Shape in fourth, and here is Paris Lights on the outside to take the lead over Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball continues to battle on down towards the rail. On the outside, it's Paris Lights. Antoinette is in third, and now they're inside the eighth pole, and it is Crystal Ball at Paris Lights, and we've got a thrilling stretch duel in the Coaching Club American Oaks. The two Phillies come down for the finish, and it's going to be Paris Lights, I believe. Despite the modern Baffert thing, the big winner there was Windstar, who decided to enter both Phillies forthwith. That race was it for Paris Lights this year, her third straight win. In the Alabama, Crystal Ball would finish fifth. A win in June in the Las Barrera stamped Collusion Illusion as one of the top three-year-old sprinters on the West Coast. In early August at Del Mar, a little earlier than usual, this sophomore against his elders went to the post. It's the Bing Crosby Stakes, and it's number six on our list of top ten races. Would Collusion Illusion reach the wire first, or would four-year-old Lexitonian, already a graded stakes winner, overtake the youngster with a final spirited burst? And it is Wild Man Jack who takes the lead after a 44.73 half mile. Wild Man Jack coming to the eighth pole with a neck in front. Law Biden Citizen fights onto his inside. Collusion Illusion is making a run down toward the rail. Then Hart Wood. And on the far outside, Lexitonian is flying late. Collusion, illusion, Lexitonian. These two, collusion, illusion, and Lexitonian. One, two on the wire in the Bing Crosby. Number nine, collusion, illusion was first. We're halfway home in our countdown, but before we resume the list, we share with you some others that we thought might make it into our top ten, but are honorably mentioned. The excitement of these races shouldn't be for naught. Combatant is up to take the lead. Multiplier at the rail. Midcourt in between them. Brownstorm running on. They're in the final furlong. In the center of the track, Combatant and Multiplier. Midcourt is fully extended between them. It's Combatant just in front. Multiplier and Midcourt. Combatant, Combatant or Multiplier. Combatant! 
Martins, another win for Hironis Racing and John Sadler in the big cap, Joel Rosario aboard. So it is either long weekend or Echo Town, and they come to the wire shoulder to shoulder and throw it down. Echo Town outside, long weekend at the rail. Who's going to put his nose on the wire long weekend? And River Boyne is running on very strongly. It's got Stormy in front. River Boyne, true valor and neck shares. Got Stormy just in front. River Boyne's trying to get her. River Boyne got Stormy. River Boyne wins the Frankie Kiro Mile. High Crime is still the leader. Parlor alongside. Raging Bull trying to find more. Likewise for War of Will. Parlor puts ahead in front from High Crime. War of Will is in third. Raging Bull fourth. Parlor is in front. War of Will still second. Parlor, War of Will, Raging Bull. Late charge from without parole at the line. War of Will, maybe. And bound for nowhere up to take the lead. Sistron takes up the chase outside. Surrender now. Then Sparkyville between horses far outside. Murad Khan as Sistron takes off on the outside. A bound for nowhere. Nose and nose. Photo finish. Close. Number four, Sistron first. And here comes Leinster chasing after Bound for Nowhere. Bound for Nowhere and Leinster totally bosses. Running late center of the course. Bound for Nowhere, short lead. Leinster is right there, then totally boss. Leinster has struck the lead late. Totally boss is running on. Bound for Nowhere is there at the line. Photo for the win of the Shaker Town. That's close. Either Leinster or totally boss. Leinster finished first. And Sparkyville shakes loose a length and a half. Wildman Jack now takes up the chase on the outside. Further out is Texas Wedge and Sistron. A driving finish just as expected. Here's Wildman Jack coming now after Sparkyville. Sparkyville resilient. Wildman Jack. Here it is. Photo finish. That is too close to call. Number six, Wildman Jack was first. And it is Get Smoking. Decorated Invader is asked for more. No word moves through down on the inside. And here's Domestic Spending on the outside along with Colonel Aliam. So it's wide open here. It is Domestic Spending. Domestic Spending has the lead in deep stretch. Late run on the outside from Gufo. Domestic Spending held on. Here comes Lakai. Lakai on the outside. Grinding it out. Lakai. Nitrous. Lakai. Nitrous. Eastern Bay chimes in very late too. Lakai. Nitrous. Eastern Bay. Three in a line. Three way photo. Lakai. With a fracture to Francis Memorial Trainer Mike Maker doesn't have the success that Chad Brown does, but still wins many a race that's run on the grass. In late March, as the world shut down, Maker entered Zulu Alpha in the Pan American, figuring he'd take it with his class. But Maker entered another horse as well, named Bema's Boy, who'd finished second in a stakes race in Texas. The Pan American is number five on our list. Don't miss this ending with these two horses and Mike Maker as the Nexus. Athlion's moving on Zulu Alpha. He's five wide on the course, and here he comes. He was second last. He's now third, and on a blitz to the top. Down at the inside, it's Bema's boy, and Galleon Mass tries to run home from the back, and now the pace quickens. Up front, it's current to take on Spooky Channel. Three wide in Zulu Alpha. On from Bema back, and Galleon Mast, he's four wide for Bravo. Then the Paradise team of Bema's boy and Go Poke the Bear held up in traffic as Channel Cat as they turn for home. The mile in 138 and three, less than a quarter of a mile to go in the pan. Am. Zulu Alpha up to challenge Current for the top. Current is digging in on the outset and Zulu Alpha right alongside. Loose and charging. Here's Bema's boy. A wild finish. Bema's boy lunging. Bema's boy is up to win it. Bema's boy in a well-judged ride from Veron Giroux. They nailed the leaders in the deep stretch and win the Pan Am. Bema's boy became the first runner for Into Mischief to win a stakes race run at 12 furlongs. 
That would be it for him this year. He would not go postward again. Zulu Alpha at Keeneland won the Elkhorn. At what used to be Hollywood Park, the Jets became the fifth NFL team to win outright as a 17-point underdog. The horse race that weekend that used to be run there is now run at Los Alamitos and provided an equally stunning epilogue. In the Los Al Futurity, number four on our list, the favorite red flag never factored, but a horse named for an L.A. sports star sure did. Yet L.A.'s best known for its movies, and a colt named for one of those stars was running hard late, so which was the winning bid? Three-eighths from home as they sweep around the far bend, and it's the great one in front by a length and three-quarters. From Spielberg, followed by Weston, red flags on the inside. Spielberg has been able to move a couple of lengths clear of red flag, who's now being guided off the rail by Espinosa, and Petruchio is staking his claim down the extreme outside. Three-sixteenths left to go. And it's the great one, still the leader, by two lengths from Spielberg. A gap of three or four lengths to Red Flag, who has hoisted the white flag. Petruchio getting past him, a 16th left to go, and Spielberg is ranging after the great one. The great one tries to cling on as Spielberg throws down the gauntlet. Spielberg comes at the great one. Boto head-bobbing finish. It's either the great one or Spielberg. The winner is number six, Spielberg. That's 13 Futurities won by Bob Baffert, including all seven at Los Al. Will a seventh run for the Roses be his next May? For Spielberg, his first stakes win. Are the distance questions about him after this win by his critics going to be allayed? Before authentic cemented Horse of the Year with the Derby and Classic, he was just another Bob Baffert prospect. We know that even a plow horse Baffert sends to the Haskell will finish first, as every better expects. But this year's Haskell, number three on our top 10 countdown list, had a wrinkle because authentic seemed to slow up when a victory seemed well in hand. Then suddenly it wasn't. Would authentic end up here, the runner up? Authentic by a length. New York traffic won't go away. He's trying hard, and Dr. Post finding his best stride, but has five to make up. Authentic just breezing through the stretch. Opens up to lead it by three lengths. New York traffic trying so hard, and he is closing the gap now. Here comes New York traffic after Authentic. Authentic, New York traffic are going to hit it together. Here it is. Photo finish, Authentic in New York traffic. Don't forget about Authentic, we'll have more to say about him, but for now, let us move on to number two. Santa Anita returned from the shutdown in the second week of May, and in one week's time, taking a Hollywood-style cue, came the Charlie Whittingham Stakes, a race to take your breath away, featuring United, one of the best all year on the green. It got physical toward the end of this race, a slobber knocker it was, with three possible winners appearing on the scene. Into the far turn, still synthesis, and United 1-2. Originaire on the outside, Multiplier, Rock Emperor, the running order has not changed, and Desert Stone, United takes the lead easily, past the quarter pole as synthesis surrenders. Originaire into second, Rock Emperor on the outside, United shakes free with a furlong to go, a length and a half. Originaire running on gamely, as is Rock Emperor on the outside. Rock Emperor, Originaire, United, Desert Stone is trying to get a piece, and he's coming fast. Rock Emperor takes the lead close to home, and United knows and knows. Rock Emperor and United in an absolute tearjerker. It's very close for the win. Five, United was first. 
United won the head bob and Rock Emperor moved down to third for bumping Originaire who got the place. United won the Eddie Reed and John Henry over the summer, but in the Breeders' Cup turf he only managed eighth. Though all of these races are scintillating, they are several notches down from the only event we could put at number one. Until this year, just 11 fillies had won a Triple Crown race, and with the Derby point system, any chance was all but done. But trainer Kenny McPeak's a gambling man, and so he entered Swiss Skydiver on the hilltop in Baltimore. Her battle with the Derby champ Authentic is our top race. Even without fans, you can feel a mighty roar. And here is Swiss Skydiver testing Authentic now. They're head-to-head -head for the lead with a quarter to go at Pimlico, and the Philly shows away. Swiss Skydiver, Authentic, the Derby winner alongside. They're set for a battle in Baltimore. And on the inside, Swiss Skydiver. On the outside, Authentic. Johnny B. going left-handed. Swiss Skydiver. Swiss Skydiver for a long left to go. Swiss Skydiver looking to make Preakness history. Another Philly bounding toward the 16th pole. And here's Authentic on the outside answering the call. Head and head and nose and nose. Swiss Skydiver and Robbie Alvarado, they've done it from Authentic. An encore wasn't meant to be for Swiss Skydiver this year. She stumbled at the start of the Breeders' Cup Distaff. Regardless, what a year she had. Five graded stakes victories, but the colt she beat wound up with the last laugh. Authentic followed that Haskell win by taking the Kentucky Derby and after that Preakness battle, he bounced back to claim the Breeders' Cup Classic against his elders, and so he should be crowned the Horse of the Year without much flack. We hope you enjoyed our countdown of the Races of the Year. It brings our podcast's ninth year to a close. For now, it appears that In the Gate will not have a tenth season. This pod's been canceled. It's showbiz. That's how it goes. We'll work to find a way to reignite this in some form. I've no idea what, when, where, why, or how. But for now, I have some people to thank who've helped make this all possible. So indulge me, please, before our final bow. The first thanks to Dave Austin, whom I approached with this idea. He was an ESPN audio manager 10 years ago. Dave said I'd have to do this myself. He could give me no resources. I've now done 484 of these shows. My enduring thanks to Pete Genesini, who's also a college classmate, for sticking up for the show as the landscape evolved. Let's face it, In the Gate doesn't compare in the download department to football shows. That's a problem I can't solve. But Pete and the audio team had faith that what we were doing was good and would uphold the larger ESPN brand. My thanks to the team, to Daniel, Michael, Gabe, and even Keith. My gratitude to them fills all the land. And most of all, my thanks to you for listening to our shows, for liking and retweeting our weekly links. No one likes good things to end like the last day of summer camp. Let's face it, saying goodbye really stinks. It really is so 2020 that even this show must end. But we'll work to keep the in-the-gate flame aglow. We'll work to find a new home in this ever-changing landscape. And once we do, you'll be the first to know. This is the In The Gate Podcast. I'm Barry Abrams. Thanks so much. Take care.